We are turning to four of the heavy hitters at the wide receiver position as debate week continues on Fantasy Football in 15. Everyone, what's up, and welcome into another episode of Fantasy Football in 15 on the Athletic. We are rolling right through our debate week, and we're going to do a lot of these uh, because this is a fun way to talk about it and a useful way to think about fantasy football draft season. But we have a specific debate week in advance of training camps that sure sound like they're going to be able to start up in the not too distant future, which we are very excited and happy about. I'm Michael Beller. You know who I'm joined by. It's Derek Van Riper. DVR, what's going on? Not too much. I'm excited. We're talking about some more players we really like today, but I think it's good mm-hmm. to sort these sorts of decisions out ahead of time just because you don't want to be thinking about players you like in the moment with one minute or 90 seconds to make a decision. You know, you want to have the early round plan pretty clearly mapped out. So looking forward to this one. Yeah, we're going the full superstar route as we turn our attention to the wide receiver position today on Fantasy Football in 15. You're not going to hear any anti-cases for any of the four receivers we're talking about because all four of these guys are being taken within the top eight picks at the position in fantasy drafts right now. So we both like all four of these guys, but chances are you're not going to be able to get any of them as teammates. Maybe you can pair up someone from group one and someone from group two, but you're certainly not going to be able to pair up the two guys in the same group, not with how close they're going, not with how highly they are sought after. We are going with heavy hitters today on Fantasy Football in 15. Our first wide receiver debate today, Tyreek Hill versus DeAndre Hopkins. This one, you're not getting both of them unless maybe you are on the turn and you double up on wide receivers because we've got Tyreek Hill with an NFFC ADP since July 1st of 16.58, the wide receiver 3. DeAndre Hopkins, 16.95, the wide receiver 4. In 99% of cases, you're going to have to take one or the other. DVR, why do you take Tyreek Hill? I guess thinking about most of my leagues, they generally are half PPR leagues, and I think that makes Tyreek Hill really interesting to me. I don't know if he could ever really be a 100-catch guy. I just don't think that's how they use him. I think there's too many other weapons in that offense for that to happen. But in half PPR, he doesn't have to be a 100-catch guy to be elite. We saw 17.8 fantasy points per game in 2018 from Hill. Did miss four games with an injury last year. Still had a 9.7 yards per target mark, which is just ridiculous. 11 of his 58 catches went for 20-plus yards. Six of those went for 40-plus yards. He's got the best quarterback in the league. It's the best offense in the league. He's basically a player that you can't defend, in part because they have so much speed at other spots all around him. I think we've seen enough proof that he's probably the most explosive player in the league right now. I mean, the last three years, on a per 16-game basis, 82 catches, 1,300 yards, and 10 touchdowns per 16 games. That is elite production. And I think the biggest thing I've thought about throughout this summer is the difficulty for teams with new coaching staffs, with new quarterbacks, new offensive coordinators, trying to put the pieces together the Chiefs aren't dealing with that. It's still Andy Reid. It's still Eric Bieniemy. It's still Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the continuity is huge, and this is a team that already has a lot of things figured out. But I think the thing that also makes me comfortable is that it is Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy. Like these are guys that are going to keep making adjustments, and keep tweaking things, and keep adding new wrinkles. And that's what makes the Chiefs uh, so exciting. That's what makes Tyreek Hill so exciting at this point. So I just I, I don't see any real reason to be worried about the per game numbers at all from Tyreek Hill. 
I think that's one little thing that does work against DeAndre Hopkins, even though I like the setup a lot, even though I think he's going to be fine. He doesn't have that continuity. Tyreek Hill does. It's just so hard to find guys who can average 10-plus yards per target with volumes of targets that are in excess of 100. Like That's just extremely rare to have, and that's sort of the expectation for Tyreek Hill at this point. Yeah, Tyreek Hill definitely broke the mold. Um, I remember fading him early on in his career because I thought, how can one player sustain this level of production when he is so big play dependent? But we are now talking four years where Tyreek Hill has proved that he can do that year over year over year. So big, big play dependency, not a weakness, not a crutch for Tyreek Hill. It is something that he has proven he can bring to the table every single year. Like I said, this is not going to be an anti-Hill case. Rather, this is going to be a pro DeAndre Hopkins case because I think there's an argument to be made that he is the very best receiver in the NFL. And while that doesn't necessarily translate to him being the number one fantasy receiver, obviously Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams would have something to say about either of those. I think that the argument being there and the offense he now finds himself in pushes him to being the guy to go after when you're looking at these two guys for the last five seasons. Hopkins has given you at least 96 catches, at least 1,165 yards. In most of those years, he has done comfortably better than that. He's a true number one wide receiver for Kyler Murray, and that is something that this offense desperately needed. In Kyler's first year, Cliff Kingsbury's first year, I think they did well with what they had at their disposal, but at certain times it was clear that they just didn't have that number one guy, that guy who we could say, you know what, we're drawing up a play for him. We're going to force the ball to this guy 12 times today, and he's going to make something happen because that's what alpha wide receivers in the NFL do. And they clearly wanted to get someone like that. I don't know if you woke up Cliff Kingsbury the day before the DeAndre Hopkins and David Johnson trade happened and said, hey, tomorrow we're going to be able to make this trade. And it sounds crazy. But we're going to be able to trade David Johnson for DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know if he would have believed you, but they were going after a wide receiver one, a big wide receiver one. I think we would have seen him more active uh, for Jerry Judy, maybe Henry Ruggs in the draft had they not been able to pull off this trade. Maybe they would have gone after someone else in the free agent or trade market had they been not, not been able to do it, but they did it. And that tells you not only how highly they value DeAndre Hopkins, because obviously, but how highly they were going to value whoever their new wide receiver one was. It just happens to be a guy who is one of the best receivers in the NFL. I think this Kingsbury-Kyler Murray offense is trending in the right direction. We've seen uh, the Chiefs, for example, take off when you get the right coach and young quarterback together. We saw it last year in Baltimore with Greg Roman and Lamar Jackson teaming up and taking that offense to a new level. I think that Arizona is the next team in that chain. We had the Chiefs, we had the Ravens. This year, it is going to be the Arizona Cardinals. And I could see some concern with Larry Fitzgerald being there, with Christian Kirk being there, with Kenyon Drake, who's going to command a lot of touches and his fair share of targets as well. I could see there being some concern in the fantasy community that DeAndre Hopkins just isn't going to be able to have the same amount of target share that he did in Houston. That was an absolute, an offense that he completely dominated. And I understand that concern. But when you have someone like DeAndre Hopkins, you don't worry about the rest of the guys, right? You find a way to get him the ball. And Larry Fitzgerald is still great, but Larry Fitzgerald is 37 years old and clearly not what he used to be. Christian Kirk, I think at this point of his career, even though he's still young, we know what sort of player he is. Complimentary, not someone who drives the offense. DeAndre Hopkins does every single thing you ask out of a wide receiver, and the Cardinals would be foolish to dial back his target share in any which 
way. So I think that's locked in 30%, maybe 28% somewhere in there from a great quarterback in a great high-powered explosive offense playing in a division where you're going to have to put up a lot of points if you want to compete for the playoffs. The NFC West is going to be very competitive. I think it all comes together for DeAndre Hopkins in a way that we rarely see for a receiver. I think we could be talking 100 catches, 1,500 yards, 14 touchdowns, something along those lines. It's going to be a huge, huge year in Arizona. DeAndre Hopkins is going to be a big part of that. Yeah, both of these guys are capable of actually being wide receiver one. I mean, we saw it from yes. Tyreek Hill just two years ago in 2018. I do think the other thing you got to keep in mind if you're going to roster Tyreek Hill, if you're going to draft him that early or you're going to pay up in an auction, I think you got to make sure you have a few higher floor receivers for your two and three because even in that year when he was the wide receiver one, the production week to week is pretty erratic. Like It reaches these incredible highs. I think he had three games where he went over 30 fantasy points in half PPR in 2018. But he had four games in the first 15 weeks where he was under 10 fantasy points per game in a, in a, in a half PPR league. So that's pretty surprising, right? Like this is, mm-hmm. this is an explosive player who week to week can be a little bit frustrating in our typical head-to-head sort of format. So I would kind of advise structuring the rest of your receiver group accordingly if Tyreek Hill is your wide receiver one. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins, no concern there. One of the most consistent receivers, one of the most consistent producers, regardless of position, in the NFL. Let's turn our attention now to debate number two. And DVR and I are about to prove to you just how impartial we are when it comes to our fantasy analysis. I am a Bears fan. DVR is a Packers fan. We have a Bear in this debate. It is Allen Robinson. I'm going to argue against him, the Bears fan, and the Packers fan, DVR, is going to argue on his behalf. Now, the other guy is a lion, so maybe there's a a lose-lose situation for DVR here, but still, we have no bias when we are talking to you about fantasy football, about our analysis, about the way we feel about players. We take the heart out, we put the head in, and my head is telling me Kenny Galladay over Allen Robinson this season. I will start off this debate with Galladay ADPs for these two guys. You've got Galladay at 26.7, the wide receiver 7. Allen Robinson checks in just a few picks later, 29.45, the wide receiver 8. I look at Kenny Galladay, and I see a wide receiver who is on an obvious upward trend that reached a peak last year of 65 catches uh, yeah, sixty-five catches on 116 targets for 1,190 yards and 11 touchdowns. It was just rookie year, second year, and then the third year doing what he did, and we've seen this obvious linear growth. We love to see that from a guy who is still as young as Kenny Galladay is and what he's already been able to do at this stage of his career. Then you factor in this. Matthew Stafford missed eight games last year. Kenny Galladay had to play half the season with David Blau and Jeff Driscoll as his quarterbacks. I've said Jeff Driscoll like a hundred times the last few, the last year, and I still trip over his name because it doesn't sound like someone who I should be talking about as an NFL quarterback. And here we look at what Kenny Galladay was able to do in eight games with Stafford, 35 catches, 640 yards, seven touchdowns. You don't got to be a math genius to double that and see what he would have was on pace to do with Matthew Stafford for a full season. Uh, more than 13, or uh, just about 1,300 yards, 14 touchdowns. Maybe you do got to be a math genius to do that. Uh, eight games with Blau and Driscoll, he still gave you 30 catches, 550 yards, and four touchdowns with arguably the worst quarterback play in the NFL. So he was on pace with David Blau and Jeff Driscoll for an 1,100-yard, eight-touchdown season. That tells you what sort of a special player 
Kenny Galladay is. And I look at this Detroit offense, and I see them slowly but surely building this really explosive group. Matthew Stafford, forever underappreciated. Absolutely love what he brings to the table when he's healthy. You've got an improved line in front of him. You've got Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones. Love the DeAndre Swift uh, pick that they rolled out in the second round this season. He brings a little bit of competence and a little bit more explosion to the running game. You also have Carrion Johnson back there, who's a chain mover, someone who is being forgotten about in fantasy worlds, and maybe we'll talk about him in a future episode. And then you've got TJ Hawkinson at tight end. There is really no weakness on this team on offense. And while they can maybe siphon away a little bit of targets, Kenny Galladay's not coming close to Allen Robinson in targets. I'll admit that right up front. There's still going to be a lot of points and a lot of yards generated by this Detroit offense. And while Marvin Jones is surely a threat, TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift, these guys are going to take away more targets than, you know, say Jimmy Graham and Tariq Cohen and Anthony Miller are going to take away from Allen Robinson. This Detroit offense is going to be very productive and Kenny Galladay, no doubt about it, the best player on this Detroit offense with everything he's done to his career. The fact that he's this team's best offensive player. I want that guy in my team. I think Kenny Galladay is a top five receiver this season. Yeah, I think he's certainly got the talent to pull that off. I think Allen Robinson has had probably the worst quarterback play of any <laughs> receiver of the last six years consistently. Yeah. I mean, you could go back to Penn State for that, Christian Hackenberg. Yeah, just think back to those numbers and how amazing Robinson was in college to elevate Hackenberg like that. Clearly, that's what was happening at the time. So we saw Allen Robinson get over 1,000 yards for the second time in his career. He did it with Mitchell Trubisky. It could be Trubisky. It could be Nick Foles this year. Only 7.4 yards per target. Definitely low efficiency per target for a guy that I would actually take as early as he goes. But 98 catches, 1,147 yards seven touchdowns. I think there's room for a little bit more on the touchdown front. I think the efficiency could tick up just a little bit, whether it's Trubisky getting better, whether it's a switch to Foles. The Bears could take a few more shots downfield. I just think what we saw last year is real in the case of Allen Robinson, and it didn't change much with this group of pass catchers at all. So I think the target volumes we were seeing down the stretch, you look from week 12 on, 10 targets against the Giants, 12 against the Lions, 8 against the Cowboys, 14 against the Packers, 12 against the Chiefs, 12 against Minnesota. That's the kind of volume I'm expecting week in and week out from Allen Robinson. You don't have to be extremely efficient when you're the focal point of the offense. It's Robinson, it's Anthony Miller, it's occasionally a shot downfield to Ted Ginn. I don't think we're going to get a whole lot from this tight end group. Jimmy Graham, at this stage of his career, doesn't offer much of a threat. So I could see Allen Robinson actually pushing his targets up into the 165 or 170 range after getting 154 a year ago. Just a little more efficiency or a couple more TDs pushes him right back into the conversation as a top five wide receiver yet again. Uh, so these are two guys that, you know, if you're drafting with the first couple picks in the first round, you get McCaffrey, Zeke, Saquon, whoever you like early, you could go receiver-receiver in rounds two and three, assuming it's not a third-round reversal scenario, and actually end up with both of these guys. I don't oppose that at all. I think uh, the more volume matters in your format, the more I would lean towards Robinson. But both of these guys are in great situations, and they do it in kind of different ways. Yeah, frankly, I would love pairing either of these guys, any of this group of four, right? I, will, I, I could see myself in a scenario where I team up Hill and Hopkins at the first round turn, uh, team up Galladay and Robinson at the 2-3 turn, 
or find a way to get two of, you know, one guy from each group, uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Kenny Galladay or DeAndre Hopkins and Allen Robinson. So there are certainly no bad answers in these two debates, although I think my answers were slightly better. I don't know. We'll let the we'll let the listeners decide. We'll have polls out there as we have for all of our debates this week. That's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. If you're out there on iTunes, Spotify, anything like that, please rate, review, subscribe. We would greatly appreciate it. And if you are out there on iTunes, Spotify, or anything like that, you can check us out at theathletic.com slash football in 15. You'll find yourself a free 30-day trial to The Athletic right there. And that gets you everything. Not just fantasy, not just podcasts, every single thing we do at The Athletic and with sports finally back in our lives. I don't know why you wouldn't want to try us out for 30 days and hopefully stick around beyond that. For DVR, I'm Michael Beller. Fantasy Football in 15 will be back with you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.